Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today, we are interviewing the infamous inventor, builder, YouTuber, Tesla truckla maker, Simone Gertz. We talk about her going to space, literally, how we met her on the set of the most hated YouTube video of all time, and how she ended up where she is. We freaking love her, and know after today, you will too. We are a sub science here to make things make sense. Hello, Simone. Hello. Hi. Welcome Hi. to our home. Welcome to our podcast. I love your home so much. Oh, thank yeah, you. Thank you. Yeah. you can keep talking about it if you want. How beautiful <laughs> it is. It is. Like, it Brag. is amazing. It feels like stepping into a magazine. And also, it makes me want to move to Toronto. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, that brings up our first question. Because as Torontonians, we need to feel validation. Do you like Toronto? How long have you been here? How many hours? <laughs> I've been here for... 17 hours, okay. And it's your solid, first time solid. ever, you said, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't seen that much of it. I haven't seen that much of it, but it's very nostalgic for me because the weather reminds me of Sweden. Wow. Which is my native. So you even like our house because we're going for a Swedish vibe. So it doesn't it work? It is very, yeah. I feel right <laughs> at home. There's a lot of like very light wood. All right. Like, the ultimate honor. The not, Swedish. Not an innuendo. Seal of a... <laughs> Okay, well, to kick things off, I just want you to let us or let the listeners know who you are. Give a little bit of yeah, spiel about spiel? like, what what are you, Simone? <laughs> I, oh, this is so hard. It's I, so hard. I'm sorry. I actually, the, one of my favorite conversations or the only thing that makes going through border control ever tolerable <laughs> is having to explain to the border patrol agent what I do. Because they're always like, so what are you here for? I'm like a meeting. Who are you here to have a meeting with? Chris Hadfield. <laughs> oh, oh right. The astronaut. Uh, what do you do? I'm an inventor. What do you build? I don't know, like shitty robots? <laughs> I turn my Tesla into a pickup truck? Um, but I run a YouTube channel about things I build. Awesome. So, that is yeah. so smart to use the border security questions. Is how you, yeah, because like I hate that question too. Ultimately how you describe yourself. Yeah. Okay, how long have you been you. doing YouTube now? I think I'm going on my Year? Okay. Has, oh, year? has that answer evolved to border security over time? <laughs> um, yeah, I think it usually, I mean, it's just always been a weird thing because I don't want to brand myself as a YouTuber. Yeah, we, I've uh, always yeah. had conflicting feelings about that. <laughs> but Whoa, yeah, <laughs> we'll get into that. No, but there's just always like, especially be, being like a woman, people are always like, oh, lifestyle or makeup. No shame on people doing that. Yeah. But I'm just always like, I'm a builder. Mm-hmm. Like that's the first, that's the core of what I do. Do they ever know? Do they ever recognize you or, or ever? 
like no i don't think that's happened yeah yet. no that's interesting people talk about that a lot youtubers being like recognized by the border security oh really yeah i've heard that happen and then like they're like that's when i they believe me but that hasn't happened to me oh to i would have think that they kind of have to like be professional and not bring that up but maybe no, not sometimes, maybe it is sometimes like they crack a joke <laughs> Those American ones, sometimes I'm mostly scared. <laughs> Side note, Greg, do you know? Oh, no, it's a Canadian thing. Like we have like a Nexus card. So you can, it's similar to in the States. You can go through like a faster line if you're like oh, a right. trusted yeah. traveler or whatever. Don't have any of that. Yeah. Me it's, neither. It's, it's like $30 to get, but you just have to like apply for it. But I have one and Greg does not. So I always end up getting through so fast and then just have to stand there know, waiting for him. So <laughs> I'm like, just get one. It's so just frustrating. Stand, you're like, oh, I'm saving so much money. Yeah. $20. I'm feeling you being saved. Yeah. That's our relationship in a nutshell. I'm sorry, but it, it'll never change. Okay. Oh, what did we learn this week? All right. I'll start with what I learned. It was technically more than a week ago, but it was from our Mexico trip. Um, I slash we learned that California, the place you now reside, was once a part of Mexico. And then in until 1850. Yeah. Did really? you know that? Isn't that no. crazy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did not. It was like, I, I don't know the technical term, but when Mexico like was... Um, like freed from Spain, then California became like a colony of Mexico. And then there was a war happening between Mexico and America at the time. And part of like the ending of the war, the deal was that Mexico would give California to the United States. So only in 1850, California became a part of the U.S. Isn't that weird? That is. But it, <laughs> it kind of makes sense like Los Angeles. Like that's not English. Yeah. And yeah. I guess like so much of the architecture and stuff looks so similar in resemblance of Mexico when we were there like Mexico City was so beautiful and it has the Spanish influence and so much of like Los Angeles does and I'm sure all of California does as well yeah mm. okay so what I learned this week was that did you know that the tags on bread are color coordinated for the day that they're packed I do know that <laughs> you because, do actually because I follow you on Twitter oh. uh. <laughs> yeah just before this I was like my, what do you learn this week is usually just a tweet that I didn't <laughs> Yeah, like we have to go through our old like yeah. tweets and stuff. But, but I, I thought didn't that was know crazy. That. Yeah. But did so you it, know it previous to that? No, scene? no, no, yeah. no. I learned it from the tweet. But yeah. There goes my. This is what I learned this week. Oh, was that oh, actually? No. Oh my god. <laughs> what a good event. But I just think that's cool. So that people can like repackage the bread more efficiently without having to look at every single tag. And so it's not for consumers. No, it's not. Okay, it's for the I was people. Like, who are, that's a yeah. really poor marketing. Yeah, because I, I did not know that. that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It's for baggers, but does it not depend on the company? Yeah, it does depend on the company. So each store might have it differently. But like when I read it, it was like usually Monday's blue. And like everyone was like oh. sort of talking about how, what their store does. I feel like this came from somebody who had synesthesia. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. To like impose it on everybody. They're like, yeah, of course Monday's blue. <laughs> yeah. Like doesn't everybody know that? Yeah. <laughs> Can't you feel it? <laughs> Synesthesia is pretty cool, though. That's a pretty. It cool is thing. wild. Yeah. yeah, do you know anyone? Do you have it? No. No. But I've been thinking a lot about how you visualize time. Yeah. And like what my week looks like and what my year looks like. Like my my week is clockwise. My year is counterclockwise, is and so kind of funny. this like little uphill, like this little three D roller coaster almost. Wow. We were just yeah. kind of talking yeah. about this so, about how like how do you view a calendar year? Like going between January and or December and January. Is it like a circle for you? It's is an it... oval shape and the autumn is uphill and then the loop is like December, January, February huh. and then it starts going downhill and then the <laughs> summer is just this like little loop. But I think it's also from wow. like being in Sweden because the autumn always felt like a little bit of an uphill struggle. Because of like the days getting shorter, The colder. days are getting shorter and it's colder and it's like getting a little bit more miserable wow. and then the spring is just like, yay! 
yay and then you're like in this short little puddle of summer and which you're is like, like the uh, happiness uh, uh, vibe yeah. yeah and yeah but for me and also my week is clockwise and it's like monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday on the bottom and then saturday sunday is like like as long thing. as as those it's kind of like an oval this is really hard to describe <laughs> no so i honestly, yeah. that, I honestly feel medium. like mine is similar because i have a circular year but mitch you were saying yours is linear yeah, weirdly, I find that's why I find like, like December it, to January weird because it goes from the right hand side all the way back to the left. Oh, really? And I so know. He's, like, and he's always like, I have a hard time with New Year's. I'm like, yeah, because your calendar and your brain is it's wrong. It's like broken. Yeah, yeah, as opposed to like being connected, it like starts over. And like, you're like, I don't know. It's really weird. Like, I don't see December and January connected in my mind at all. They're like at totally opposite sides. And then it has to like start. That's why time. he's so lost right now. <laughs> <laughs> so lost. Okay, wait. Sorry. What did you learn this week? I feel like we need to get that out before oh. we go. I learned what it looks like when you put 20,000 matches on fire. Whoa. Yeah. Wait. Tell us more. (laughs) Describe with those words. It depends on when this podcast is going to come out. Oh, true, 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 true. Okay, so there's some secrets behind it. That's good, that's good. No, it's not not a secret. I've made a table out of matches. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And then... And then Lit put it, it on fire. fire. Oh my god, I love that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it is a project. It started in September, and I realized that oh wow, this feels really different now in January with all the fires because oh. like the oh video starts with me being like, "It's burn day. We're gonna put stuff on fire," oh. and then I'm like, "Ah, oh, how?" Because I'm editing it right now, and I'm like, "How do I?" Like address or address this or... in any way of being like, hey, I'm aware of mm-hmm. this. Sorry, this project started that's a, a while back. That's a tough part about YouTube is sometimes like it's interesting. Like when you wait too long on videos, sometimes like things change the in time, culture. Yeah. Like timing yeah. is so important. But no, it'll be amazing. That's but fine. it's also the, that's always this because you always like want to be sensitive to how people yeah. could see it. But sometimes you're like, am I being overly sensitive yeah. and like making a thing that like very few like, people nobody would make would, that connection. Yeah, yeah and now everybody's making that connection. I don't know. It's just, it's a weird thing well, it's nice to that navigate. You're sensitive, I think so. Mm. That's, that's Swedish vibe. I'm just <laughs> terrified of making somebody sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Time to get to know you. All right, Simone. So now we're going to just, you know, get to know you a little better. <laughs> I know we, we met, how long ago did we meet now? It was Maybe like a year I think or. we met filming the most disliked YouTube video of all time. <laughs> was we that met, one? We met with the YouTube rewind high hopes like I had no did you have any idea that was going to be the result of that video no me neither I yeah me either at the time like those videos always were kind of just like like gradually but then that one yeah I don't think anyone really what did you feel when it came out did you did you feel embarrassed to be a part of it no not not really I was really nervous about it because like the part of the video that I was in was this very sincere moment where I was like because I had a brain tumor and I went through brain surgery and I like thanked people for the support they gave me. And it was something I was really happy to do. But you're also like, when somebody else is going to edit this, I don't mm-hmm. trust them to tell the story, right? Wow. Or like to hit it. So I was really nervous about that because I was like, what if it, they make it like the really sad, like, oh, poor brain tumor girl moment. Um, but I was really happy when yeah, it came out. And I was like watching all these roasts <laughs> and of the video and they pretty much always excluded my part or like when it happened, it happened they were just well. like like not that ours was significant at all but i remember that we the watched, PewDiePie like went yeah. through and he just skipped over us and we were like no ah. it skipped over me as well <laughs> wow. and i remember there was somebody who was like 
playing the piano. They were watching the video, playing the piano at every cringy moment. And they were like playing throughout the entire video. And then it was my section just like took the hands off the keyboard. Wow. And that's really amazing. sweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my God. The trolls are so sweet to you. I mean, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> it's YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, people are actually so good and so sweet. So, I mean, I don't know. But it's, like, it's funny, though, to think about that's where we met. Just, yeah. like, with, like, wide-eyed, mm-hmm. like, this is, like, so fun. And then it was like, oh, my God. And to think of how much money and time they put into those things. Yeah. And then thinking about... I was, like, when it came out this year, I was, like, they probably saved so much money this year by not having to, like, hire a crew of 100 people. And instead, just they had one editor probably put together a video of yeah. the top tens. <laughs> I just think... I mean, but it's fun. Like, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Somebody participating in it is really fun. I And, like, I got to meet you guys for the first time. Yeah, I'd never and... been on a set like that before. We loved YouTube Rewind. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, definitely as a participating... <laughs> Or a participant, it was super fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nothing but good things to say. <laughs> did you guys feel any heat from it? Or like, did you get any? No, no that's really. why I, th- I mean, again, I think it's like, it's sort of like the, our philosophy on YouTube has always sort of been like this. Like, I feel like we, you know, like we're not necessarily have ever leaned into being public figures. Like that's something we struggle with is like, how do you like put yourself on the internet? We're very private. And so the it's at times like those where you see the benefit of that. Like people don't really want to tear us down in the same way that they maybe do other like, you know, really popular YouTubers. And so Mm -hmm. we've never, like, it was weird. We honestly were literally were skipped over and we didn't even like have anything like that significant. It would just be like, they just would ignore this, (laughs) us like mixing lipstick. It was so (laughs) weird. Yeah. Um, I'm curious then to kind of ask you where your interest in, making stuff came from like was it is it something you've always done or is and and then starting into youtube like how did that even come about i think i've always made things or i always had a lot of ideas and like when i was a kid i was always like like what do you call fiddling wood (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) okay no Uh, like i made little (laughs) stick figures and stuff like that like my He's <laughs> just fiddling wood from a young I fiddled age. wood all the time too. <laughs> I promise there was no innuendo intended in that, but I was just always like building little things. Mm-hmm. And, but then you kind of fall out of it because it's also like building stuff is unfortunately a little bit of a gear sport. And if you don't have the space or the tools for it, it can be really hard. Um, is the education in Sweden? The education system there is it like more hands-on is it more like i feel like in my head i have it as this like modern thing where you were like they taught you to build robots and things like that or no is it, it's not i mean not when i grew up okay. but we definitely i mean we had woodworking class and sewing class okay and stuff like that but i mean i just always had a lot of ideas and i remember wanting to be an inventor but then you also get lulled into other ideas of what you should do and then it wasn't but the funny thing is that i feel like i was more right or like on the point with what I wanted what I dreamt about being when I was seven than when I was 17 Hmm. like it kind of went there and then went away from there yeah because when I was seven I was like I want to be an inventor and then when I was 17 I was like I want to be a physicist (laughs) and I want to do academia and I so why did that happen do you think I did why why what happened like that transition like what brought you was it the pressure from society thinking you should be a physicist <laughs> I don't know if anyone feels that pressure <laughs> from society. Or more of what I mean is if you're in that to space. Be in to be in like kind of this uh, space around people who are who are curious about the world, who want to make things. 
Was it a pressure on you or what then led you to think physics? I think mostly it's like being an inventor doesn't sound like a real job. Yeah. It's such a cartoon job. (laughs) And I was really good in school. So I was like, oh, I should be in academia and I should keep on being good in school, but in college. But then I, I don't know. I started studying physics and it was just really, I really love math, but I don't love math. (laughs) <laughs> 12 hours a day yeah it and was you ju- still it was have just to use it do you still use math in what you do i mean i really i was thinking about oh, i was like i wonder what percent of the math that i had to learn that i actually use today because i think i do but it's mostly just geometry because mm. that's what you like use when building things like figuring out shapes oh my god do you guys use a lot of math no. do you like no math? i i feel bad saying that I, I sorry i don't not like math and I know there's a big stigma against math. And I have a friend who's a math teacher and like you, they constantly have to face this idea that so many people are like, I, I'm not good at math. It's too hard. But I do. I've always had that sort of sentiment. Like I loved biology and chemistry, but physics and math were always the like, I have to do them to do my degree, but I don't love them. The reason that I love the only like I don't necessarily think that I love them but what always intrigued me about science and math in school was that there was an that there was an answer like I, I always had trouble with like uh English when like people would give me like an arbitrary mark I'd be like I need to know like exactly like why like mm. I, that's why I loved I loved the satisfaction like there was nothing to me more fulfilling than when you like do a math problem and then you go to the back of the book and you see that you got the answer right Did you, I just remember yeah. that being like pure joy <laughs> and no, that's the only thing that could come through math but no definitely didn't pursue math like I stayed with <laughs> biology and chemistry and yeah. when it came to the sciences I just remember going to the back of the book and didn't have the same answer as I did I was always <laughs> like um the book is wrong. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, Clay. Excuse me. <laughs> I, I was always that kid. I was like, teacher, I found an error in the book. <laughs> That's inventor vibes. That is inventor vibes. That is exactly, I can see why you, you are where you are. I was a little Hermione Granger. Oh man, I, I love that. really like in the front of the class constantly with my arm up and was just, if I got to be on a test, I would cry. And oh my gosh, Simone. so personal. The yeah, I got to be... And it's funny because I actually got a B. The only B I got in high school oh my was in a math class. And I got so upset that I kicked a trash can in oh the school bathroom. God. And I like, I like Simone's ran, crazy. I stormed out. I was crazy when I was a teenager. Uh, or like, it's not, it's not crazy. I just had like yeah. my entire image of myself was based on my grades. Wow. So like getting a bad grade was that I was really bad. But I remember storming out of school and I like sat outside of the subway station in in Stockholm and I was like waiting for the bus home and I was just crying. And like a woman came and like gave me napkins or like tissue paper was like, hey, sweetie, it's going to be all right. Probably thinking that I like lost a parent or something. And I was like, I got to be on a test. She would take that tissue back. She's like, she just took the tissue and threw it at me and said, no, she didn't. But uh yeah definitely i was uh, just so high strung you seem so like relaxed like ever since i've met you i wouldn't guess that about your puberty does that yeah okay so it's (laughs) not like it's like a like a defining moment where you sort of like stopped being as type a is what i'm in quotes i think it was it was i so i went to china as an exchange student for a year in high school after after first year of high school and I think that calmed me down a lot because if I got a bad grade on a test I mean first of all I realized that I could work 
a third as much as I had before and still get the same grades because nobody's going to know if you got like an A plus plus or when just you an were a doing minus. this exchange, you mean? Or just no, like when I came back to Sweden. Oh, okay, okay. And but mostly it was just a thing that if I got a B on a test, I'd be like, whatever, I can speak Mandarin. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just like I just had more like baskets to put my conf- self confidence. Yeah, that in. interesting like justification. I think. Like, as gay men, I feel like we've learned to do that a lot, too. Growing up, feeling like... I, there's, like, this book called The Velvet Rage that's all about, like, what gay men go through, which is, like, yeah, you feel like you you feel like something's wrong when you're a kid. You get put into boxes, so I feel like a lot of gay men are really... They work really hard at school, or you have to figure out the things that, like, give you the justifications so that you can be okay with the fact that you're, like, gay. Like, it's interesting, because I can feel, like, how I needed to compartmentalize my success. Yeah, totally. I mean, then you have to unravel that as you get older and be like, yeah. why do I value myself based on my success and based on, like, proving to Oh, yeah, it is shame. Something? It is tragic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, I mean, obviously, it's, a, it's like a... What do you call like some coping. sort of like coping mechanism yeah. that works at a time and it's helpful at a time, but then you carry it for so long and you have to realize like when, how to let it go and when to let it go. And But I also feel like, cause I can sometimes or a similar thing and you're like, Oh, I'm beyond that. Now I feel self-confident just in myself, not in the things I do, but then give me like two days at home of not doing anything productive. And I'm going to be in a pit. Of oh like, my God. Oh my wow. God. I don't like myself anymore. <laughs> yeah. Why do my friends not want to be my friends? And like, I don't know. This is Greg in a nutshell, I feel. Oops. I literally just broke the mic because it was like so relatable. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I love a good chill out, do nothing. Like, I mean, I can't do it for too long without them feeling like useless, but. Greg's like, I always need to be doing something that makes him feel productive. It just makes me feel really bad about myself not being productive. Yes, it's like me too. such a challenge. But then also like I do feel good like resting. Yeah. But then I have to like rest by exercising or yes, sorting yes, through my drawers yes. or stuff like that. Like I have to rest like not working. But, but still being like, productive in yeah. another way. Oh, gosh. And so, we're taught that it's a good thing. Like we're, we're taught productivity is like important. And like, I think what's one thing I'm learning, like I'm trying to like meditate and realize that like slow, even the way I speak, I speak so fast. Sorry to anyone listening to this podcast. I feel like sometimes people are like, what is he saying? <laughs> but slowing down is something that I have to like, I have to reshift the neurons in my brain to be like, no, it's good to slow down. Mm. Like it's good to actually be present. Like in many ways, that's like all we have as humans is like right now. Whereas I'm always skipping past trying to figure out how to like accomplish something. But you know a thing that really, I was going to say this as a joke, but I'm not going to say it as a joke because it's going to sound awful, okay. but having a brain tumor actually really helped. Yeah. Okay. okay. Can we talk about that? Because yeah, yeah, I am like, go, go off. It's, it's just this weird. So, I mean, the last year and a half I've de- dealt with this really prolonged illness and I haven't been able to work as much at all. Like I've really, really struggled with working. And doing anything in, in general other than just laying down and resting. And the, the wild thing is that I realized, because I was like, oh my God, I've got nothing done. And then I look back at my 2019 and I was like, holy shit, I got some stuff done. Uh, yeah. And I put in like maybe 40% of the time that I put in before. Because you realize that that like extra 30% that is the one that really drains you, it doesn't actually give that much extra productivity. So it's like I've spent a year maybe working like, or a year and a half, maybe working five, six hours a day Mm -hmm. and then going home whenever I feel tired, taking a few days off if I'm not feeling well. And I mean, this is like, this comes from a position of incredible privilege, like being self-employed in this world where I can kind of fix my job around my living situation so I understand that this is something that's really hard to apply uh, for a lot of people but 
I just realized that like I can work so much less. It's the same like when I was in high school and yeah, I was like, like I can relates. work 30% less <laughs> yeah. and still get the same grades. And it's like, it's really interesting. So you realize like that we're is. bending over backwards and for this very incremental increase in productivity. Wow. No. I mean, it's interesting because there are even governments and countries that are experimenting with like in, in major corporations that are doing like four day work weeks or doing six hour work days and realizing that their productivity is shooting up. But then why, why is it that it's so counterintuitive? Right. And what do you think it is about that extra 30%? Is it because is it that the last 30% of your day? So like the last two hours, or is it just because with that extra time you waste more time? Like, what do you think? Have you realized what that 30% was or is it just you having more energy for the 40% you're doing now? I mm-hmm. think it's mostly just catching myself when I was at the workshop, but not really doing anything and then just going home instead Yeah, and like really having to prioritize how I spent my time and how I spent my very limited energy capital. And yeah, it's just, it's pretty wild, but I don't know. And I don't think it's like, this magical like maybe it's not going to make your productivity go up that much mm. maybe it'll make it go down but i'm pretty sure it's not going to make it go down as much as you fear think, yeah right. like or in think. proportion and i'm just a lot happier in that sense or wow. like just feel so to me it was a little bit of and i also think in our society we're raced with this notion that like duty or you're we're incredibly duty driven and this thing of like, you have to work with a lot of grit and it's all about like hustle culture. Yeah. Hustle culture. And it just doesn't like, especially if you're working in a creative field, because there's so much about genuinely being excited about what you're doing. And like, we all have jobs where if we're not genuinely excited, people are probably going to notice. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you got to take care of that excitement and make sure that that's your main fuel. But we don't learn how to do that. We just learn how to like, have duty and sit down and push through things that are boring. It's interesting because I mean, I, I don't know why I keep going back to your Swedish upbringing, but like Sweden versus America, do you feel a difference when you live in America? Because we have a stereotype as Canadians that Americans are maybe more into this concept of hustle culture or sometimes we might be making it up in our heads but when we go to New York or we go to LA for work, we're always like, oh my God, we're so stressed even just being here. Yeah. Is that something you've, you've noticed or is that is that something we've just like made up? Definitely. People are more... I feel like a lot more focused in the States, but there's also, and I remember growing up, I hope this is not offensive to anyone, but I remember growing up and being in Sweden and in other countries, you're kind of like, oh my God, Americans are so focused on getting rich or greedy or like there's just so much capitalism. And then living there, you realize like, oh, just to get by and being able to take care of your family, you need a lot of money. So it's like not less even... Of a socialist con- because they're not a socialist country. It is like, okay, well, they have to figure out... A- yeah, so if something unexpected happens, so many people are just screwed. I think there was a study, I, I don't wow. remember the number, but that there's a significant portion of the population that if they had an unexpected cost of $500, what that they- would make their entire like economy oh to falter. I know it's crazy. It is crazy sometimes when you go to America, even from Canada, and you really you do see it. You do see that there's there's not a social system set up from a federal level that helps people to get by. That's very interesting. That obviously definitely makes people like have this like stress around. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com work yeah. and around productivity and making money and just it really comes from this often from this place of just feeling really uncertain of your life okay you're in academia that's your thesis <laughs> <laughs> and, and in my thesis today i'll be saying this <laughs> no but it's interesting and it's really like has it been profound for you to realize these things about yourself like what has that experience been like having a brain tumor and and obviously that like was probably hard but realizing these other aspects of your personality and life i don't know if profound is the right adjective <laughs> for you i mean the, the thing about dealing with prolonged illness is that it's mostly really mundane mm. and mm. frustrating and it gives the word patient a whole other meaning because like it's so being a Whoa. patient is it makes you so impatient mm. oh my god i've never thought about that word no one either but i'm like why it's called patient but like all i can think of is like wanting things to move faster and that i would heal faster i feel like i'm my mind i'm no i'm like (laughs) is there a link to that word etymology well that is really weird yeah Yeah. that's interesting i've never considered it that way obviously i've never but it is true like if you are a patient it's like that is what i mean (laughs) we're just making meaning around something but it's interesting because that is like yeah, that I can imagine that's a really hard part of having an illness, especially if you have personality that I can kind of relate to where it's about getting things done. You want things yeah. to happen fast. It's the opposite of that. Yeah, no, it's just sitting around and hoping, like trying to make the best decisions you can about your health and really resting a lot more than you want to. Um, I don't know. So I don't know if there, there's no like grand epiphany other than like, I mean, there's just something about being young and thinking that you're invincible mm-hmm. and you know, always having been somebody who's like into sports and stuff like that. I remember being like, Oh my God, like this yoga class is so slow. Like, why is it? And, and then you realize like, Oh, it can be a real fucking struggle. And I remember like finding all this yoga that was for like old people. And I was like, I think I can do this. <laughs> and so it's just this humility that comes with it. And also realizing like, you have no clue what people are going through. Yeah. And, wow. And like, I catch myself judging people if they're like moving slow or not being efficient or whatever. And then I'm like, I have no clue what they're going through mm-hmm. or being angry. And you're like, Maybe they're on steroids because they're trying to reduce their brain swelling. Oh I've been my. there. Wow. I was flipping people off because I was so angry. Oh really? Yeah. Physiologically, like you just, you know that you were more angry because of what was happening. I was eating, no, because, because I was eating steroids? so many steroids. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. 
You were literally had roid rage. I had roid rage. Oh, I would like oh eat and I would like just be like, ah, and I was, yeah, I was flipping people off. I was in the parking lot of Lowe's and I was like, why the fuck are these people moving so slow? <laughs> and my family was just like, hey, Simone, I don't think you want to get into a fist fight in your current state. Oh, <laughs> like, the structural integrity of your skull is very compromised. <laughs> oh, so maybe we just calm down a little bit. <laughs> when you were given the steroids, were, were you told by the doctors it could lead to roid rage? Yeah. You're incredible amounts of steroids because uh-huh. all you're trying to do is just to reduce the swelling of your yeah. brain post-surgery. Wow. Oh my God. I can't I, recommend it. Right. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are Wouldn't not recommend. saying our steroids are good. Wow. I was going to ask then about, um, I know you've like, you meditate, right? And you, I, yeah. I think I remember you saying that part of your sort of everyday calendar came out of you wanting to meditate yeah. every day. And has that been a big part of your life then? Like creating that habit and using meditation, hopefully in your moments of roid rage. Yeah. No, it's definitely, I mean, I, I think I'm going, going on two and a half years wow. of every day. Every I day. missed, I missed one day but it was two days after surgery and i remember just being like that's okay that's we say I, that's I okay. my line here uh for, so. for anyone who doesn't know then can you explain how that kind of developed into the project you're working on now yeah so i wanted to start meditating every day and then i was just thinking about habits and how bad we are at retaining habits and how can you motivate yourself to push past that because like the first week of doing a new habit you're like it's oh fun. my god i'm mm. that person I'm look so, at yeah. me hashtag the beginning of january i feel like that right <laughs> <Yeah>. now <laughs> yeah. and then you're kind of like oh like how do you get through the dips and i thought of this like gold star system that was it's just a calendar that shows an entire week and if you tap a date it lights it up so if you meditate or do any of the other habits that you want to do that day you get to tap it so it's just this like accountability calendar more, but, and we did a Kickstarter for that in October, mm-hmm. 2018 and that yeah, blew we're up, still eh? working. It was, yeah. Like, was that a crazy experience for you? You said a very Canadian too. I just remember at the time being like, holy crap. Cause yeah. I, I, I didn't know about it before you had released that. And then yeah. just like, what was that experience like? Because I want to ask you about, like, obviously working on the internet and being in this community and Mm -hmm. stuff. But I am so curious. In a moment like that, what were you expecting? And then what happened after you released it? I think, I mean, honestly, I didn't expect how it was accelerating that so many people had the trust to back it. It's also terrifying. (laughs) Because you're, like... I mean, people are trusting you with money mm-hmm. and I have like, and had every intention to do good on it, but you're also like developing hardware is oh my God. hard. Yeah. Like it's this thing that you just hear over and over It's not again. called hardware for nothing. Uh, no, totally. <laughs> uh, so it's definitely, and it is like, it's just this, like, it's the end of the rainbow constantly. And you're like, oh my God, it's so close. And then your, your shipping just gets pushed back and pushed back. So I definitely don't think I, there's just a lot of emotional labor and being somebody who's like incredibly scared of disappointing people and also pretty anxious. It's, it's a tricky one, but fortunately I have a team who's working on it and who can like take over a lot of those parts. But man, I feel, I mean, cause we were supposed to ship in December and it's now mid January. I feel awful. No, so bad. I, I, I get the impression that the people that watch you, that follow you, that have invested in this with you, like understand and care about you. And like, 
maybe if it's a year or two late, that might be a totally different thing. But if it's, you know what I mean? Like December versus January versus taking your time to make it right. I'm assuming your followers have been pretty supportive. They've been great. I know. You say say such beautiful, nice things about your followers. (laughs) It's really nice. And I think... I feel like people, it really gets a bad rep and people always like have an expectation, especially being a woman, that people are just awful. And I'm just like, I people are so kind. I think it's a testament to you too. Mm-hmm. You you really have like, yeah, no. Well, we know you, per- we actually know her personally and we really <laughs> like her. And we can <laughs> confirm she's actually legit. I will say that, not to, not to like, shit on anyone else but you are actually a really cool person you're actually really genuine you actually care about we talk about you a lot yeah and i think that for i'm i'm actually curious like how are you so genuine on camera as well like i feel like it really comes across do you feel like you're scripted and fake on camera or you know around take 20 i probably get that (laughs) that real genuine note yeah because I, I think that's a good no because Mm -hmm. i is that actually it because you really come across meeting you in person and seeing you on camera there's not a huge difference, which is something I like admire a mm. lot about you. So I don't think there's any difference between you guys either. Maybe it's just because we see it and know it. Maybe yeah, it's harder to see from the outside. But I like you guys are raunchier in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's true. And we do like we do, we are we're like oh one take good okay moving on. Like, yeah, we and I think take we've always been like, we've always been a little afraid. Not to be, to be on camera, but I mean, for the <laughs> longest time we were behind a whiteboard and then because we're queer in science, we do get a lot of flack for that. And so I think there's a lot of guards up. And so sometimes it's like, we only want to yeah. say things that are about science so that we're not. And and I think now we really do want to represent more who we are in our videos and kind of be, be queer, be fun, be whatever. But there's still that like barrier for us. So I think maybe it's in our veins. Maybe it's not as obvious to others. But yeah. when I see a video of yours and there's a handful of other YouTubers as well, sometimes I'm. I'm just in awe because I'm like, how are they so comfortable? But you being like, it took 20 times makes me feel a little better. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it is like I definitely a script almost every video or like intro and outro is almost always scripted. And I really like work through it. And then there's a lot of like ad libbing, but just, just story wise and especially trying to document a build. Like you need these pillars where mm-hmm. I like yeah. really know like, oh, I have to get from a point, point A to point B um, in, in the story and do that in the most effective way possible. But I don't know. I think it's just, honestly, it's just this way of getting raised or like growing up on YouTube and starting filming yourself on photo booth in your living room and then like taking it from there and always trying to make sure that you feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. But also it's like editing yourself and it's just like editing is just a long part of like, oh, I annoy myself so much in that. Take it out. I know. (laughs) And like knowing that you should call it a day when you're just like, ha ha, you think that's funny? To yourself, <laughs> and you're like, okay, I should probably like wrap up and go have dinner. Yeah, because you always hear celebrities be like, oh, I can't even watch myself in a movie, and I'm like, oh my god, we have to edit ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like it's awful, but like it becomes kind of it becomes kind of numbing eventually. Yeah, like, I think yeah. we're at the point now where you know because a lot of times when you first hear your voice on yeah. an audio version or even like your voicemail, I remember it used to be like, I hate it. It's so weird. But I do feel like now I've hit the point where I'm like, I know what to expect. At least it doesn't, it's not as cringy as I swear to God. I sound straight in my head. <laughs> like whenever I hear my, my voice, I'm like, damn, that's gay. But I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yo, what's up, bro? <laughs> I'm serious. What is that? Is there a sign? I know you're serious. 
<laughs> yeah, there was a while. Yeah, no, we've, no, it's real. I, we had a sad beginning on our. Channel. Yeah, we talk about? a yeah. little bit. We were I mean, so mean about my voice, and then I was too scared to ever narrate the videos. Aww. Have you ever watched The Honey Badger? No. <laughs> there was this really funny. It's like um, old viral, old viral oh, video yeah. that of the like that the like, honey badger Yeah, everyone was like, "This guy's this guy is literally the Honey Badger," and then I listened to it. I'm like, "That is my voice." <laughs> but no, we're better. I'm more strong. Now. Do you guys feel a shift in the tone in your comments since you've kind of transitioned from being like just whiteboard to more personal yeah i mean i think it's gone in a shift of um whiteboard was like pretty innocuous like no one really you know you get comments about the content then when we first started being in our videos it was like tough at first we had to like deal with a lot of homophobia and just dealing like if we're just in a video no matter what it will get 10 percent more dislikes you know what i mean like regardless of the video but i do think that's changed over time maybe just because now people know that were on the channel and the people who just didn't like us are gone. So it's a little easier now, but I still think there's that like scar there sometimes, you know, where you're just like, I'm scared to like be fully myself if people are going to judge me for it. But we have to remember that YouTube is a platform for the whole world. And being gay is not accepted in a lot of the world. Like there's, there's still, it's still pretty bad. Mm -hmm. Like when there's a part of, you can actually make it so that we've made it so that you don't put fag or faggot on our channel. It won't show up in the comments, mm-hmm. but in the back end, you can go and see every time it's been said. <laughs> so sometimes I smoke a joint and pour some, pour some red wine and I just like go look through it and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> it's dark that YouTube say, do you know what this comment section, like you can restrict words on your channel, yeah. but they save them for you. Like they go like, there's like a whole other section where it's like, here's all the, the things you brought. Things. Do you want to see yeah. them? I guess it's like, just in case one got wrongly flagged. It's like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. I don't need to know if this faggot was about like a pile of sticks or about a cigarette in Britain. I just, you don't need to hear that. I just remember making the mistake of talking in a video about that. I had flagged the word dildo because oh in the beginning, because ever... I started like building shitty robots and people, no matter what I built, people would always be like, put a dildo on it. <laughs> and I flagged the word dildo and I told people about it. And then I saw the most creative spellings of, of the word is... dildo. Oh, because of course people took that joke and ran with it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what is it what has it been like for you then to have literally followers on the internet when yeah. did you when did you start your channel again you said five years, five years ago okay and like when that. you when for you was there a moment that it sort of picked up or has it always been like a gradual growth it was i mean it was kind of from from the get-go because i my first project that i because i'd been making comedy sketches in swedish before that on oh. youtube as well on facebook and Are a little bit findable? on youtube hope not <laughs> okay. i'm like you're so funny it's glad i'm glad to know that you put work in how funny yeah <laughs> i'm like she's so naturally funny uh <laughs> no so i've been doing that and yeah but then i started i posted the toothbrush helmet which was the okay. skateboard like helmet with a robot hair. yeah i mean it just did well on reddit and i mean it kind of started because i started making gifts of these machines that i built so every machine came with like gift first of like mm-hmm. how can i tell the story of this machine and just a gif and then people started requesting like longer videos of how I made it. And that's kind of how. But it's a testament to why it. your videos being so like there's a point of view. They're funny. Like there's just something about them that is there's a reason why I can see why it took off really quickly. Like especially yeah. in YouTube, I mean, it stands out. Yeah. It, I, I there aren't very many other channels like you. Um, but I do. Yeah. I'm just curious. Like, what was that like for you then to but have, yeah, like, to have we, those first things to... just be shared on Reddit? Yeah. And, and like, it's, it's so weird. It's so weird. It's so the, the funny thing is because you're like, I'm, I'm a fucking millennial. Of course yeah. I'd like, 
And you're always just like, mm, I wonder what it'd be like to go viral on the internet. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I would just crush it and I'd be mm. so funny. But like the reality of it was that it was really scary. Yeah. Because okay. it gets to a point where your content is out of control. Yeah. And you're like, I could never take this off of the internet even if I wanted to. And now and, you're like, I guess this is my identity a bit in my life. And yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's like a tattoo on your internet. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. And I mean, I'm just really relieved that it was something that I feel like I can still stand for. Yeah. Like what? if it was a video of me being drunk and throwing up in right. a trash can like whatever yeah. yeah I think about that sometimes too even with podcasting and stuff I'm like one day I might look back and be like I'm s- I was stupid I yeah. mean you know yeah. and like no but we you can't- are yeah we are we I are feel stupid. judged I feel constantly judged by yeah. my future self exactly yeah. someone might literally take this clip and show it to us in 10 yeah. years and be like you guys were stupid but I don't yeah. know it's that sometimes there's that fear of it, it doesn't really belong to you anymore, right? You make it, you put it out yeah. and there's no way for you to ever collect it back because no. someone will have always have access to, yeah. it, access to it now. But I think that's something like about that I am happy happened is that we were older when we were started to do YouTube. Oh gosh, I, yes. And I think you were too. And How I think- How old were you? We were like 24, 24 maybe. 24. Yeah. Same. But still just like that, that's something that I think is such a blessing when I look back, just like- so happy that I was able to like mature to that extent before, you know, making mm, videos. And I feel God. for young people because it's like, Cause it's even still a challenge being yeah. an adult dealing yeah. with like a level of fame, a level of money, a level of like drive to have to work and beat an algorithm and all these kinds of ideas of like what to find yourself worth. Has that tied in? to your life and I mean I'm just so happy I would have been have been a menace if I was <laughs> a child star <laughs> yeah or like just 16 and had a following I just mm-hmm. can't imagine what I would have done I know I'm very sympathetic to you young youtubers it's because really they get a lot hard. of flack because they are young mm-hmm. yeah and you get I mean it's like it's really it's constantly testing your integrity yeah it is constantly and there's so much stuff with like I mean, everything from working to sponsors to like being lured into making clickbait thumbnails or you just really have to remind yourself what your values are and what you're willing to do and not willing to do. And I just can't imagine being well equipped to make those decisions or withstand the pressure that comes with it when you're younger. So, yeah, but I mean, mostly it's been it's been great. It's definitely challenging. And there's like a lot of moments, still moments where I'm like, I don't want to do this because I feel like it's not making me a better person in any way what about it just the narcissism of it Mm -hmm. like it is in some ways fueled by narcissism yeah like it's wanting to show people what you do and who you are and sometimes i'm just like this is just gonna gradually turn me into a worse and worse person and i should be doing something else but then i I mean i remember that from the get-go like that was one of my big fears i was like fuck this is gonna make me an asshole (laughs) And I'm like, still, I'm like, I think. And it did. Yeah, and it did. (laughs) It did. No, but I mean, in some ways, maybe it has, but I'm just, I constantly live with that fear. And I think in some way it's kind of good because it's like, you're also reminding yourself, you have to remind yourself that people that I think are pretty awful get told that they're amazing yeah. on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it really doesn't mean that much. No, it's true. And I think that the fact that you're even thinking that it might turn you into an mm. asshole is what is going to help prevent <laughs> you from becoming an asshole. But it's very, it's interesting working in this industry because it is, there's a lot of bullshit and there is a lot of yes, like people, it's like, it's, it's hard to decipher really what people think about you, even online, because people mm. are like anonymously telling you things. It's like hard to have your identity be yourself. And something we've really just dis- like made sure we've done is kept 
like we have a strong group of friends in Toronto. They yeah. don't really care about YouTube. They literally don't. They have care no at idea what we YouTube. do, and it's like important because you have to like understand that like this life is that like this world's full of like 7.8 billion people. There's a small minority of people in our position. It's not normal, and you have to try and like remind yourself so that you don't go crazy, which is like a weird thing to do. But I I know a lot of people's jobs probably you suffer with it becoming your identity, regardless of what it is. No, it sucks you in, it and does. it's really it's like. I mean, you're just all these, like, there's just all these little people on the internet with huge followings and becoming these little, like, dictators almost. Yeah, yeah. No, they have a lot of power. Yeah, Yeah. and it does. And you're just constantly having to be, I don't know, I'm just really trying to deal with the privilege and the power that comes with it in a responsible way. And it's not always easy. Like, it's really, because it's such uncharted territory. Mm -hmm. And there's not, like, I remember something I really struggled with in the beginning was people being like oh you're a role model and i was like it wasn't that i got like a form that i had to sign under (laughs) like agreeing to this there's not like a hey you have been accepted as a role model these are the guidelines this is what you have what you have to and don't have to do and i was just really like i don't want to do it and i don't want to i want to be flawed in every way that i can but then you're also like oh that's like mark zuckerberg suddenly being the CEO of one of the most powerful companies in the world and not dealing with that very well. And it's like, he probably, like, he actively worked towards that, but he probably didn't sign on, like, right. at for some point res- being like to have, yeah, for that level of responsibility. Like but you just have to rise to the occasion. <laughs> like, you just have to rise to the occasion and yeah. try to, like, do it well, even if you maybe don't want to. Yeah, no, that is true. I do feel like, it's like, it's just like, confusing being like on YouTube. I think when I think about other jobs and what I really love and when I was a teacher was having a mentor, having that person who, you know, is above you. They've been doing it for 10 years and they go, I know exactly where you're at. This is, oh my God, my jaw just cracked. (laughs) This is like what the issue is. You're going to get through it. Like it was so helpful. But with YouTube, no one's really like been doing it for that long. There's, it's hard to find mentors. It's hard to find people. So you have to like look to people like you who you look up to. But then talking to you, we still when we chat, we talk. We're like we're confused. We're lost. Yeah, like, no, it's like, it's everyone like, is confused. Exactly. I feel like, it's hard. Like I'm wanting like who like there's no such thing as a YouTuber who's been doing it for ten years who can go. I know exactly where you are, and that's challenging and scary. I think. Yeah, but also the fun part of it because yeah. you can kind of. I also just think there's this, there's all these expectations on what it means to be a YouTuber. It's kind of still this formula of like, oh, this is your job, this is your life, and this is how it's going to work. But then being like, oh, I can just use this. Like for me, w- one of the goals I have is to start a, a product company, and then you're like, oh, I can like have YouTube help support that, mm-hmm. and the product company help support YouTube. Like you can kind of fit it in however mm-hmm. you whatever you want to do, and that's like something I've also really for 2020 decided for my channel is like, I just want it to be a journal of personal interests and no matter Um, what I'm interested in, I can use YouTube as an excuse to spend time on that. That's really smart. I think it is. Yeah. Like it's so easy to get sidetracked. And, and I think even we realized, or at least I've started thinking about like without those, not that you need specific goals. I don't want to like so encourage that everyone has to go have a goal they're racing to. But I think on the internet, people can get so easily swept up in it and then you're just in it and you don't know why you're in and it And the anymore. data and the numbers. We yeah. That. Oh. There's so much information about how well yeah. you're doing. And- that I think it's easy. Like, it's interesting that you're like, okay, how do I, what is the next step where I can use this in a way that makes me happy? That is at least pushing towards mm-hmm. something so that when I'm faced with the frustrations and the challenges and the psychological burden of it, I at least know it's going towards something positive for myself that I've already 
found within me that is what I want to do. You know what I mean? Okay, we're like all Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like this is what every... Every time you meet another YouTuber, this right. is what it devolves I into. I know. It's crazy. Like, it's so funny how quickly, well, with certain YouTubers, I think, but how quickly, like, our com- like, I feel like when I meet you, like, because when it's like our friends, we don't, we can't talk about this in the same way, but sometimes I feel bad. Like, when I see a YouTuber, they just, like, unload mm-hmm. so hard. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, blah, blah, blah. This is the issue. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but, but it's, it's also, also amazing. Yeah. And you're on the cover of Wired, okay? Oh, yeah. yeah. On the street is clapping. Yeah. So, I mean, to we can wrap it yeah, up soon because yeah. we're almost out of time. But so what the whole journey for you, it, how has it been? Where do you see it going from now? You said you, you mostly want to now like use YouTube to create products and help you fulfill those goals. Like, where do you see yourself in the future? I want to go to space. That's okay. <laughs> Pretty good goal. Pretty That's good goal. one of the things I'm working towards. And at this, like, I mean, I remember it as soon as I the toothbrush helmet started going viral. It was one of my first thoughts. I was That's like, so maybe cool, one really. day I can use this to try and go to space. Okay. Wow. Yeah. What is it about space that appeals to you? <laughs> it's such a, I've been trying to, okay. So when I was a kid, my mom told me because she really wanted to be an astronaut. And she told me that I don't want to impose my dreams on you, but if you ever go to space, you never have to buy me another Christmas present. And I was like, Oh, that sounds like a fair deal. <laughs> Let's do that. That's amazing. Uh, but then it kind of just stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And it's just become this, it's such a worthy goal. Yeah, and physics, yeah. you have a physics background. I mean, the, one and of I the mean, reasons that I started studying physics is because the only Swedish astronaut we have went to that program. Wow. Oh my so I was God. like, oh, this is one, a proven path to become an astronaut. Right. And then I realized, oh, I'm not a professional enough to be an astronaut. <laughs> I would be an absolutely terrible astronaut. But maybe a space tourist. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. I love that. And that is such an amazing roundabout way to get the thing that you wanted. You know what I mean? To like find the way to use your skills, but to accomplish a goal of going to space, which would traditionally have to be an astronaut to do. And if you ever need two gay assistants to help you get to space, <laughs> we will help you, whatever it is. Launch you, whatever you need us yes, to do. Math, maybe not our forte. No, we can write a song for you. We yeah. can, I don't know. No. Check my gut biome. Yeah, yeah we'll, check sure. gut biome. Yeah. we'll check yeah. your poop for sure. For sure. Yeah. We have some kits for that. But yeah, okay, so going to space, that's a pretty, that's, that's like an pretty amazing goal. Epic. I think there's not much that can top that. I've never heard someone give me that goal before. Yeah. So. Yes, it's pretty, and that's like one of the things that's so alluring about it is that it feels like the, the wildest, ultimate. Yeah. Ul- most ultimate thing. And it really does pose do. so many questions. Like just thinking of space, I think that's why so many people are inspired by it, are interested in physics. It's just like, it's that's crazy. It's where all the yeah. answers lie. Space is the most fascinating thing. I'm so excited for you to come back and tell me everything you learned. <laughs> yeah, like can you promise after you go to space to come back on the podcast? I'll give you that's, the download. That's when we're going to have to make sure and be like, Simone, you better not be an asshole now. We know you've been to space. <laughs> yeah. We know you've been to space. Like, Sorry, uh, new phone who this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Where can people find you? Uh, at Simone Yetch, but Simone Gertz. Oh my god, that's that yeah. so funny. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, we're in a Swedish home, so we actually understand that. G I E R T Z. Okay, everywhere. Or on the cover of Wired NBD. Yeah, basically, oh. and slash in space. Yeah. So. <laughs> thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. We love you. Thank you. Also, you have the cutest dog. Oh my, oh my god. god. He is pretty cute. He's a little insane, but he's very cute. Oh. No, he's cute. He's cute. He's cute. Pure love. All right, thank you everyone so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.